what's up, guys? This is the WCBC Podcast. My name is Hunter. My name is Alan. I'm Josh. And we are here. Listen, I have to be honest. I'm going to try to do better at this. Someone got on to me this week. Um, I keep forgetting what numbered episode we're on. And someone this last week actually came up to me, and they keep up with it. It's actually your wife, Josh, or Zoe. <laughs> and she was like, I was so confused because if you don't put the number of what episode it is, it just loads it at the bottom. So she was like... There was no podcast episode. And she was talking to Josh, and Josh was like, yeah, there is. It's it's right here. So she was talking to me about the numbers, and I was just like, oh, my bad. So Well, that's encouraging that we've got people <laughs> that are actually keeping up with it. Hey, you know, just come step on my toes. It's yeah. fine. I mean, uh, so I'm going to – actually, this week I'm going to catch up. I think I have three, two that aren't numbered, so I'll work on that. But, uh, guys, here we are, Alan. Hey, uh, we've been uh, excited for a couple of weeks now because we've uh, really gone into some topical, uh, you know, conversation, and we announced that we were going to have a special guest. So our special guest this week is Ty Comey. Ty, welcome. We're glad to have you here, and uh, just excited to see uh, how the conversation goes when we talk about God's Word and worship. Amen, and it is great to be here with you all today, and what a blessing it is to be able to uh, sit and talk about this today because I think it's and it ties along with what our pastor preached on today. So absolutely. To be here. So to kind of get us started off, uh, we have like an intro, an introduction. Listen, before I even say it, we've had some questions sent in. You know, we've been challenging everybody to send questions out, and we've gotten some, and so we're hoping that we'll start tackling those next week. But uh, I was thinking this morning. You know, when we think about worship, when we think about coming together. You know, when the Bible even talks about that we are the body of Christ, you know, it refers to us as the assembly, you know, coming together of God. There's something that is always within the midst uh, of the believers. And that's the Holy Spirit of God that is within us. But when we come together in one mind and one accord, I mean, it's just strong. Like the Bible refers to it as a wind. And we've talked about it many times, not not only on the podcast, but in uh, Sunday school. And and our messages have kind of been playing right along with it, how that the every member has got its own unique gift and the body is fitly framed together and then when we all come together each person having their own function executing that function uh in the uh, demonstration of the holy spirit how that it's all harmonious and how that yeah. it all works together and it's like uh, different cogs inside of an engine that mm-hmm. just work together and yes together. Right. and so to start us off before we really get into talking about worship you know um Anytime we worship the Lord through music, through word, through prayer, through anything, I mean, there's a sense that the Holy Spirit's very important. And, I mean, it is in our midst, and, you know, the Bible refers to it as a lampstand. So let's take, you know, a few minutes, and we can kind of, you know, pass this around the table. Uh, Whoever wants to start off first, Ty, we'd love for you to start out first. But how important is it that the Holy Spirit is in the midst of our worship? Why is that, and how is that important? I mean, it's very important, and... I'm just going to read a scripture here that I think it just pretty much ties it in. It's John 4:24, and it says, "God is spirit, and those who worship—let me get it right here—and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth." Yeah. So if we're not, if we don't have Him when we're worshiping, we're worshiping Him, the one true God and the one living God. If we if we're not, it's in vain. If we if we don't have Him. Yeah. So as, as our intro continues, when we, we'll we get into some conversation about uh, sincerity and, and pure and motive. And some of those things are kind of uh, complex, no. but there's one, there's one key indicator. When you, when you want to see sincerity and you want to see genuineness, 
the Holy Spirit is that discerner. Yeah. And the the presence of it is irreplaceable, and the absence of it is quite noticeable. And so, uh, you know, when we talk about true sincere worship and, and, and giving honor and, and praise to God, that Holy Spirit discerner yeah. and that Holy Spirit uh, that helps God's people connect and, 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 and understand and communicate yeah. uh, his feelings and just pass from breast to breast. Man, when it comes to worship, the, the Holy Spirit is irreplaceable. Mm-hmm. That's and, right. And I was thinking, too, you know, when you, you were reading that verse and you talked about that the Spirit's noticeable, um, you know, we, people always talk about, you know, what is what is God? Is he is he a man? Some people out there say God's a woman. I mean, it's just crazy how people debate and argue. I mean, the, God's a spirit, right? And, and so when we think about him in spirit form, uh, he's everywhere. Right. I mean, he's all over the place. He's omnipresent. Um, his eminence, like I've been talking about with our theology class here at the church, um, he his presence is everywhere. But, you know, when you think about the letters to the church, right, in Revelations, he's talking to them about, you know, this is what you did, this is what's going on. Um, and at one point, you know, he talks about returning your first love, you know, got, removing. Got, got somewhat against you. Yeah, and he talks about removing the lampstand. You know, when so when I think about the, the Spirit of God, I, I think about uh, John chapter 4, the woman mm-hmm. of Samaria. When oh, yeah. he, Jesus says, you know, I'm going to give you that drink, that everlasting fountain that just springs into everlasting life and it never ends and it's never quenched and it's always there and that's what i think about the spirit of god so when you think about the spirit of god as like a well that's constant and consistently springing up everlasting life because that's what the holy spirit does it points us all to jesus which is everlasting life so when you think about a church that has the lampstand in the midst of it i think of the well it's like this morning we saw uh, we had great worship. We heard a great message out of Matthew mm-hmm. twenty-three, and then at the end of it, you know, people responded. You know, we don't know who all responded within the seats. We don't know who all responded in the raising of the hand. Some people did go to the altar, but ultimately, people responded. But the message made you reflect on where you stand before God. So when we see a worship service like that, or, you know, times and Ty, we all can attest to this, that sometimes we have worship service and, you know, our pastor may not get to do a full message because the doctrine we're singing about, the scripture we're singing about is so powerful and overwhelming that people are under conviction. Uh, Maybe things are going on in their lives and they're touched by the doctrine we're singing about and they come forth, you know, to respond to God. So uh, when we think about that, that the Holy Spirit's like a well, um, it, it that seems to me that if there's going to be any sense of life within the midst of the people, it has to be there. So when you think about the Holy Spirit being removed or not in the presence of somewhere, it almost brings to my mind like a dryness, almost like a, a desert mentality. And it's like Friday night we went to the tent revival in Sweetwater and Chad Udi preached and he talked about dry churches. And the reason he, he said he talked about dry churches is he's, he's talking about them churches that they just they've given up. Or they're so worried, like some of the churches in Revelation, they're worried about everything else that they're not remembering their first love, which was Jesus Christ. And so he talked about them dry churches. And so when we worship in spirit and in truth, when we have all these things going on, that's what I think of is that there's a sense, there's a spiritual Holy Spirit well in the midst of our, and it's just absolutely, it's continuous. And before we wrap up our intro, one thing I would like to say is that when you get into worship, and specifically singing, there's people, and there's well, there, there's 
there's occasions where folks sing and it's a performance. Mm -hmm. It's entertaining. There's an instance like we're describing now where it's worship and it's inspired by God and it's filled with the presence of God. And that, uh, just like you talked about, that uh, condition where the, uh, the response to the gospel was evident, not only from what you could see physically, folks responding on an altar, but folks responding individually in yeah. their hearts. Well, he said this morning, faith, what is it? Uh, things not seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that, that, that response and that, that productivity and those changes in folks' lives and attitudes that we don't even have to know about. It's none of my business anyway. Yeah. But what God's doing in people's lives when he has freedom to, to search and, and, and to, 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 to work in people's lives, true worship uh, is irreplaceable in creating that type of an environment. Absolutely. So I, I wanted to get that said well, before I, we finished up our intro. And there, I've, as I've studied a little bit of this, uh, there are several kinds of worship, and the Bible mentions a few of them, so I'm just going to give out some scripture yeah. if that's okay. Go for it. Um, first of all, being ignorant worship. So and that comes from Acts 17, 22 through 31. Um, for I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship. I even found an altar with this inscription, O to the unknown God. Oh God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. Let me tell you about him. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, I mean, um, so some people out of ignorant worship, you know, they, they just don't know. Then you have vain worship. Um, and Matthew 15, 7 through 9 talks about it. Hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Yeah. So there's several different. And then you have will worship, which kind of was talking about where you're more talking about self um, and those types of things. Um, there's several scriptures. Colossians 2.23, which things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in honor to the satisfying of the flesh. So basically, you're just um, having self involved in that, and then you have true worship, what we just talked about. Um, and some, I mean, there are many different types, but you know, yeah. um, it's just where I feel like you know, when God is moving and the Spirit is there, you know when it's coming from yeah. the Lord, and yes. the Spirit is moving in a mighty way. Absolutely, it's the validator. Yeah. It's, it's, yes, it's, it is. It's the, yes. it's, the, it's the seal of approval. God's seal of approval, the presence of the Holy Spirit being anointed in that. Uh, activity, yeah. and it's just God placing his stamp of approval mm-hmm. on it. Absolutely. Right. So I, I kind of, before we move on to, I want to throw this ball to Josh and this question about why the lamp scent, why the spirit's important. Josh, what what comes to your mind when you hear a question like that? Why the spirit's important? In the midst of worship. In why? the midst of worship. Because it, it, it eliminates us. It eliminates right. our agenda. It eliminates our feelings, our emotion, our mindset yeah it, it when it when it becomes him i mean that's the beauty of it because when you see somebody that is in a true worship state they do not care who's around them yeah. who hears them who sees them they are broken and they are yielding themselves to the spirit of god the difference between that and like so so it, real quickly ty touched on the different types of worship you know and that vain worshiping so then let's take that and look at it that would be the other end of that spectrum would be worshiping of self or church or, like Pastor said today, religion even, to right. where it becomes 
your train of thought, your train of the, or the movement of the church, then is after false idols. Because mm-hmm. even if it is of the self or the church name or the religious state, we have then separated ourselves from God yeah. and allowing us to, you know, we, we, we were talking, sometimes we do have worship service and the preaching does get cut very short. But I would much rather sit in a service that is heeding to the way the spirit is moving than to say, well, that's enough. Cut it off. You know, we got to save time for the preacher to speak or yeah. we have to save time. And there's a lot of, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are in that place to where they don't allow the spirit. You know, they don't have, they don't have that yearning to the spirit yeah, to mm-hmm. allow themselves to be taught, to be led by, because sometimes our pride, yes, or, or, yeah, it's, it's either programmed or even exactly. prideful. Right. You know, they, you know they, they, they want their spotlight yeah. and they do not do it. So I yeah. think it's very important that we keep the focus on the spirit keep the focus on you know that we are here to truly worship god yeah. nothing more nothing less it's uh, it doesn't matter what we wear how we present ourselves yeah it, we're here to serve god and to worship That's him right. and you know um what josh was saying about how we view it how we think would i i'm guilty literally i'll be honest i'm guilty in my own life of sitting in services and the preaching's cut short because i'm a big um Word of God. I, I mean, the Word of God. I was like, you know, the preaching, the Word of God has to be proclaimed. How, you know, all, all of these things, which I'm 23 and I'm very young and I have a lot to learn. But, you know, sola scriptura, scripture alone, that, that's what that means. And that's what I'm about. But then I heard a message at one point by, um, or maybe it was a Q&A and it was uh, Vodi Bakum, which is a great uh, preacher, great man of God, um, expository guy. And he was just answering questions about worship, and he started talking about singing doctrine. And I was just like, what? No, we preach doctrine. How could we? And he literally went through talking about how within the songs we sing that there's doctrine that's being proclaimed. Mm-hmm. And it, like, hit me in the heart of, like, you shouldn't be so critical about things that happen in service because what we're doing is singing about Jesus, that's one. And mm-hmm. two, we're literally proclaiming doctrine by Mm -hmm. song and so that kind of pierced my heart but also that opened me up because now when i worship it's not just a song to me like i'm literally listening to the words i'm listening to what's being proclaimed because within that is the doctrine of salvation justification regeneration sanctification there's all of those terms within one song yep and the scripture and the verses that i and so that really if you're out there and you're thinking well I love a good worship service, but man, nothing's good like, you know, just preaching. We got to have, pre- okay, you know, one, we don't need to make it all about the man, the pastor, and, and your pastor should tell you that it's not all about him, but two, you should realize that we just don't sing to sing. You know, make a joyful noise right. under the Lord, a great scripture that's quoted very often, but that joyful noise that we are making, it's not about how it sounds. It, honestly, to me, it's about what I'm singing and what I'm saying in the song. And I'll say this, not to not to brag on a person or either person or a pastor or our, our worship leader, yeah. but I think there is a very harmonious balance here at our church where we understand who's in charge, and it's, it's God. And I think that yeah. there's a super uh, sensitive uh, state here to where that that communication is evident where if another song needs to be sung it's sung and if the pastor needs to preach he preaches yeah and i don't think that any 
person following the leadership of God needs to explain their decisions to anybody because mm-hmm. that Holy Spirit that we talked about earlier is the great discerner, and it puts that stamp of yeah confirmation upon it, and the the explanation is not needed. Well, and I mean, here's another great thing too. It's like a lot of people just come on Sundays and they see you leading worship, and then they see Pastor Jason preach. But I think people forget that they talk throughout the week and they talk on Sundays and they stay in a they have a great friendship, a great bondship as people who serve here at the chapel. But they stay in communication about the services here and right. what's going on. And so for them to grow together in that, that's why to me our services here there's not a point in mind where you have to question, well what are we going to do or what's next. But that, and it's because our leadership is in great communication and great conversation, but also they're being led by the same spirit, right? It's one spirit. And so for them, you know, they're listening, they're praying, and they're abiding. And it's funny because sometimes you guys do things like almost in a perfect order or the songs lead up to what's being preached about or, uh, you know, songs, people might start going to the altar and then Ty feels like Pastor Jason needs to come up. And then you talk about everything after, and people are like, man, y'all really planned that out well. And it's like, no, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't plan that out at all. But that's because God has an orderliness to him. And he's not just going to leave us in a, in a guessing game or a mystery game when it comes to worship. And, and that that testifies to me that, you know, some of them worship services where there's some questionable things going on and there's no order, to me, that that's kind of the opposite because God has order. Mm-hmm. His Spirit leads and gives order. It's not a guessing game. And so um, the Holy Spirit's very important. We need to make sure that we're always being seasoned by it. If we try to accept knowledge and seek knowledge, that's great. But sometimes mm-hmm. knowledge can dry you up if that's right. all you think about. And I've experienced that as a young guy of being so obsessed with knowledge that you can become insensitive to the Spirit. And so um, the Holy Spirit is key to worship. I'm sure we're going to keep talking about the Spirit in sense. But um, let, let's go ahead and transition. So, Todd, how, why, what happened? How did you? How did God lead you to worship and become a worship leader? Well, it, I probably wouldn't have if I hadn't just followed him. I th- he placed people in my life. I was saved when I was 10, but I was buried. Now, I sang with my sister, but you couldn't pull me up in front of anybody. I yeah. was so backward. I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't do it. Um, so it took several years. And so when I got to high school, um, my choir director in school, he um, led music at a church, and he actually got me to come to um, – Sing, he just said, learn this song, and you can come and sing it at, at the church. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll learn it and, <laughs> and come. So it's just one of those things where God knew what he was doing. He knew the steps that he was going to take. So he placed, long story short, with him, I mean, through those years, we became close friends. I started going there to the church where um, he was at. So just placing people in my life and just um, godly people, that you can see and then when it came time for college then he placed the director that I had and so it kind of and I went into many different churches many different denominations just kind of seeing how each one flowed and every one of them the spirit you know you know you knew which ones you know that God really they had true worship in um but I I mean I was really backward and it took a while for before God ever started moving into that um to where he wanted me to lead worship and anything so I mean I was let me see I don't even know 26 probably 
before God called me into position of worship. Uh, so, I mean, it took it took a while. I mean, yeah. it, it's not one thing, and and still, I would question that. Sometimes I have to pray and just really, just really seek His will. You know, because you you want to be right. You cannot get up there and do it without Him. There is no way. Yeah. Um, and it's just like I told him in prayer this morning. I wouldn't want to even try it. You know, and I think that's how God moves sometimes in people's lives. And you work together. Um, Pastor Jason hardly ever tells me what sermon he's going to be preaching or whatever. But I feel like God, just like you said, will sometimes just work those songs out just in the order that they're supposed to be worked out. And yeah. I think that's God works in people's lives, those humble, uh, meek uh, spirits that are willing to be used just like when you and your sister were singing together. I, uh, the, 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 the choir director gives you this song to learn, and you probably never in a million years imagined that God would have you in the position right. that you're in now. And I think that those those people that are willing to be used by God and not try to take the credit for themselves and say, yeah, guys, I'm, you need to put me in because I'm, I'm the best thing since sliced bread yeah. uh, are – the ones that I think limit their uh, usefulness. Uh, but those that are humble and, and willing to be used by God, uh, I believe that God honors that. Yeah. Well, and you can, as you get older, and you, you just look back and you see how God has ordered your steps. Yeah, providentially. Just and it makes you excited that you know. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. He placed those people. And it, you, yep. and the older I get, Ty, you, <laughs> the older I get, the more it amazes me how God has looked over my ignorance and providentially mm-hmm. put my steps right, right where I needed to be yeah. at the right time. At the right time, yes. with the right people yeah. in my life, yes. and I can. And I'm thinking at the time I don't, you know, you don't see it. I yeah. don't see it, Mm-mm. but I can stop and look back now and see how man, yeah. God all has, over it. has has protected me yes. and, and, and put me right where I needed to be. Well, and it's like Pastor Jason said this morning, you know. Which is a great message about how corruption can come within religious structure. Yeah. You know, saying you're a Christian, and yes, we won't judge, and yes, we can't tell if you're saved fully or not, but he said it. A tree will bear fruit. And one thing that I love that he said this morning, and it really gave me peace in my own life, was that he said, from your profession of faith till now, you, if you're a true Christian, you would have never left Jesus. Mm -hmm. He would have been with you the whole time. And I just thought back because, you know, I've had um, times in my life where, you know, unbelief creeps, help thine unbelief as the man proclaimed. Um, I've had times in my life where I've had to pray that prayer. But this morning when he said that, it just made me reflect from when my journey started, you know, which for me, it was at a younger age and I became wayward. I did a lot of that stuff. But, you know, coming back in college when I finally surrendered, to, you know, um, the beginning. To me, honestly, you know, I made a profession of faith when I was younger, and I saw fruit and I saw things, but I became so wayward, and I got exposed to sin for the first time. But in college, when I finally repented and confessed all of those things, that's when my sanctification just, boom, took off because I quit things cold turkey. I turned from those sins. I turned from a lot of that lifestyle and left it and just started following Christ. But Ever since my profession, ever since that moment, and that I mean, tremendous moment. One, it showed me God had some footsteps already planned that I would fall into, but it showed me that from the beginning till right now in 2020 at the age of 23, Jesus has always been a part of my life. He's my rock. He's my shelter. He's my fortress. And even when I grow weak and I grow wayward, mm-hmm. what do I find myself praying to in the mornings and at night and in times of weakness? Him. 
I find my are there days where I really am tired I, I get tired of reading because I'm not a great reader yes but what do I find myself thinking about or listening to or picking up anyway and reading I find myself always going back to the source right. of life which is Christ and when so when he said that today that just what you guys talked about right there He's with you. He guides you. He directs you. He knows the plans. He knows all of those things. So when we when we talk about the uh, positions that God has brought us to and where we're at right now, and Josh has talked in, in previous episodes on how God has worked in his life, and I've mentioned the fact that I'm double Hunter's age, and <laughs> I'm trying to maybe mentor and pour a little bit into him, understanding that when we talk off, uh, air when we're not recording and we we're discussing some things back and forward uh we've we've spent a lot of time as as a group uh discussing feedback and uh you know hoping that sometime we'll get feedback and and how we work that in and make sure that we're meeting the needs of our listeners and, and trying to encourage them uh, and I've, I've cautioned hunter uh sometime and it's coming the feedback's not all going to be positive there's going to be yeah, a point right. in time when we get feedback that's uh, maybe a, a little bit uh, hard to take, and there's going to be some things that may drag us down spiritually and maybe weaken us. As we strive to get more and more godly, more and more like Christ, uh, this is a time where we uh, set our, uh, our, our feet and we uh, are established and we're determined to, to give God glory that when we come through those times, we need to look at, God and the times in our life when we're strong and our spirits yeah. are soaring to draw strength from that because uh, there will be times in, I'm not predicting or wishing it on us but uh, there will be some negative comments and yeah. I hope that, that you can take this Hunter and and, and establish uh, 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 that expectation that you know what yeah, everybody's not agreeing with me but that doesn't diminish yeah, the quality of the message that well, I share, and they, they keep listening. And I'm not—I want to stay on subject, but I just wanted to say this. You know, if you're out there and you listen to this, and you're just like, "These guys are too harsh," you know, I—I well, I don't believe things the way they do. Well, can I? Here, let me give you a suggestion. Go on the podcast app and type in churches. You got Elevation Church. You got a bunch of churches out there that they—they'll just talk about sugar the whole time. They'll talk mm-hmm. about the stuff you want to hear, and they'll help you, you know, your ears tingle and all that stuff, and you're thinking, that's a, that's a strict comment you just said there. No, it's not hard to listen to people and point out what they're going right. to talk to you about. In this podcast, we're going to talk about full doctrine, the hard stuff, the sweet stuff, and the, st- the truths that we need to hear. And so there's other podcasts you can listen to, but if you keep listening to this one and you don't like it... Th- that's almost like a plea of insanity to keep doing something yeah. you don't like. I, I'm happy for you. Um, but, uh, Josh, were you going to say something? And then yeah, I've got a question. Yeah, yeah for I, Tom. I was, I was going to make a mention of, so we come to a place to, it, within us that we are looking. Pastor mentioned earlier today, I think it was in Sunday school, that we are designed to worship, we're designed to worship or we will worship. Now, that's the worship always isn't God. So mm-hmm. sometimes we will have our things in our life, possessions or even our status that we're going to worship. When we are worshiping something other than God, the thing to keep in mind is, is if we seek advice from the world, yeah, there's nothing wrong with the life we live in. And kind of the, the rabbit trail that I got off on where I was headed with my other comment. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> 
Yes. Is those when those hard times come, that medicine for your soul? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That that brings that healing. That brings that. That's right. Absolutely. We're not always going to have mountaintop experiences. Yep. I wish we could. Sweeter, right. Sweeter than honeycomb. But, I yeah. Mean, just, right. But when we're, like you said, it's when we're in that valley. It's yep. when we're yep. in that desolate place. It's when we're in the desert. Yeah. We have him. That's where I was headed. I kind of, yes, I, I, kind I, of, I got off in the weeds. So, <laughs> so to kind of to transition to when you're talking about which uh, I can't remember what month it was, but Ty, at one point you remember you came to the youth house and you got to share your testimony about your mm-hmm. life and how things were going on. But I kind of what you guys are talking about. I remember a time when you were going to the Voices of Lee for the try and you couldn't find the room, and you talked yeah. about that thought to kind of walk out and then. Was it somebody showed up and was well, like? Well, I'd went in three times and then I just said, "I'm, I'm not. Do- I didn't want to do it to begin with, but I thought, well, so I walked out. I got in my car and I just, I moved. I started going. Around. You had to go behind the building and come back around to the front. Yeah. So that's what I did. I just went around the building. But when I got to the side, there's more parking there. Something said you need to go in one more time. So here I come pulling right in there. I said, I'm going to go in, but I'm not going to find anybody. I'm just, I'm not even going to walk upstairs. I'm just going to go in and just walk through this thing one more time. And so when I came through that last time, somebody said, are you looking for somebody? And I thought, oh, man. <laughs> I, basically, that really was my thought. I mean, yeah. honest to goodness, because I just was not comfortable yeah. doing this type of thing. Here I was, 24. Most people are, they're already graduated college by this time. So I'm going in as an older person. Yeah. So, um, so I... Long story short, I I went through there and um, I think I was saying, "Oh, what a savior!" is for my song, and they had all the, I don't even remember half of what went on in that practice. So, but I I still didn't know. Like it's one of those things that you know God knew before mm-hmm. I went in there what was going to happen. Yeah. As far as musically, no, I wasn't. I mean, um, I've always just sung to the Lord and knew what He He wanted. But as far as knowing the music part of it and just having to sit down a piece of paper and just yeah, um, look at the music and be able to read it. You know, so the, for somebody, one of my, maybe some of our listeners that are new to the area and are not fully aware of the history of Lee University, tell us a little bit about the, the voices of Lee. So they were, um, they come up in 1994. Danny Murray, the director there, he he was from a he had a group called Harvest, and um, when Lee became, um, they were still Lee College at the time, but um, Dr. Kahn, the president of the Lee. Uh, he wanted a group that would go out and just kind of be a a small group ensemble that would go out and try to um, recruit people. So kind of in that way. So he, he asked Danny to create this group. So that's how it kind of spawned off of that that type of thing. And from there, it has just went from, it says about a 16-voice ensemble that mainly just sings a cappella music. Um, you do a few tracks in there, but it's eight-part harmony usually. Um, so it's it's a different type of music. So they um, so that's how it was formed. And so Danny just took that from where he was more of a church kind of person as well, and just sang that. And he came out of that and started doing acapella music. Um, was a big change for yeah. him. But he he created that. And then I, as far when I came in, it was in the year of two thousand. So um, and I was in from two thousand two thousand four. Yeah. In that time, so it's a it's just a small group, but it's coming. We come together as reunions. It's still like a family. I mean, you live with these people. We're on. I mean, you stay on the road. You Friday afternoon, three o'clock. Not just pull. to another state. No, you you pull out. Yeah, we went country. Went to Europe. Um, sang in Europe and several different uh, mm. places. Uh, Germany, uh, France. 
Um, and you're singing like Christian based songs right. everywhere it's, you go. Yeah, it's it's church, and they very much. I mean, the the group has very much adopted the personality of, of Danny, and when they've actually been here at, at Watson's uh, and worship that we're accustomed to was you know it's, it's different. Yeah, and didn't scare didn't scare them a bit. They 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 participated in worship. And, and I understand that, man, this is the real deal. And this one of the, the things I've, I found, you know, is he um, tried to instill in us, you know, several different things. But one of the things, you know, people watch with their eyes. Yeah. And so that's what he kind of, he said, it, it doesn't matter what the sound is. Yes, they're going to love it. But they're going to, people, when you when they first come in that door out there, and this is the truth. I've seen it way far. Yeah. I mean, too much. People watch. So they're going to see how your personality. So that's what he instilled in us. You know, when you... When you come out, the first time you come out, not this, not talk about singing, just when you're coming out to sit out and think. He said, you go around, and he called it shake and howdy. He said, you go around, and you you shake and howdy. And that was probably the most response out of all of the things that we got was from just people coming out being so personable. Yep. So when you got up there, they went, didn't have to do anything. I mean, pretty pretty much the people had already set their mind to what, yeah. what they thought of them. Yeah. And it, and it really does make a huge difference. So – I mean, that's why we hadn't been able to do it. So I have missed this since we've not been able to do this since this virus yeah. has started. That yeah. is such a big part of our church. And I feel like that's why we feel like a uh, when we worship, you feel like a huge family that's worshiping together. And you miss that. You miss that when you don't get to talk to all yeah. the people out there. Yeah. And, and one thing, too, is like, you know, Ty was talking about how he's learned about worship and about music and the ensemble and all of these things is now you have all these skills. And how long have you been at Watson? It'll be nine years in March. So Ty's been here for nine years, and he's been leading worship. And um, it's not always been the way it is, right? That's right. It hasn't. I mean, when you come into a place that's not used to having, like, a full-time, legit worship leader, and he it takes time to teach a lot of that stuff. And so I, I've got to give it to Ty that, uh, you know, when it comes to the music, even the band, I mean, he's not just leading people who sing. He's helping the band. He's wanting the sound, all, all of the stuff that takes place. And I remember when I even came here, you know, I do a little music. But when I came here and I met Ty, he just challenged me, you know, yeah. to sing more. I barely started playing the drums. I remember on a Sunday night, he was like, you want to fill in? And I was just like, well, I'm not. Well, okay, I'll see you know, Sunday night we'll have band <laughs> practice. And I just showed up. And I, I'm going to be, this is honest, and, and this is a story I tell I never played the songs we played, but we prayed before that night. And I don't know what it was, but the spirit of the Lord was so strong. And I don't think I missed a beat that night. Mm -hmm. And I just thought this place is different. And, and so Ty helps us uh, develop our gifts yeah. of music. Because everyone who sings lead here or plays an instrument, Grant's a great testament. You know, Grant had to come in maybe a few months. It's probably been six, seven, eight months. Grant's been playing drums. And Ty and the band bring him in and just have been praying and helping him and helping him be equipped for his get. And now, I mean, he's becoming a great drummer for our church. And so um, we appreciate that we do have someone who leads us in music, but he also takes that personal time to help us develop and to grow. And let's go back a little bit farther in history. I know that me and my wife, uh, well, me and my girlfriend at the time, <laughs> back in 91, 92, when we would uh, – come to church and we, we we alternated back and forth but one week we'd come to this church and the next sunday we'd go to my church and 
and uh, we married and we continued trying to do that and it was you know what you your, little, your little, son's in that right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Joe. <laughs> <laughs> just had to. Call out. What up, Joe? <laughs> but there, we'll go back to the historical worship of Watson's Chapel. Uh, me being a young man uh, in my early 20s, uh, new to the church, on a Wednesday night, we sang to the Lord, literally, because everyone was in the choir. There was ten or fifteen of us. Nobody was in the, nobody was in the sanctuary because we're all in the choir and we're singing. And it's, I hate to say, we had some people who could sing vocally. I mean, Miss Gussie, uh, uh, Pat, and, and some of those that would, um, they're really good singers. Uh, Folks like myself who couldn't carry a tune, I just got up our sung by ear and tried my best to blend in, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it was one of those things that it was it was special because you know what we were doing it for one purpose, yeah, and that right. was worship. Right. Yes, that was worship. Yes. Uh, now as, as Ty's come on board and I've, I've started to try to learn parts and try to learn uh, uh, how to sing, and it's more than just a joyous note. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Was, joyous noise is good. It's what the Bible calls for It's a money. taste of heaven. It is. But to to make that something that's also pleasant on our ears as well as God's. Well, and I, I remember, uh, which is happens a lot, but I, I talked to Ty about this for Jar's funeral. You had Karen and Kim and Ronnie and Macy and you helped too where they sang that song, I need Jesus. And they sang that in all four parts. And, you know, you had to work with them on that because y'all had really never done that song. Is that? I mean, mm-hmm. that's great. And I remember when we came to the, to the funeral, you know, a lot of people come to the funeral with, well, this is sad, but Jar wanted it to be a oh, service, yes, celebration. Right. Yes, a celebration. celebration. And yeah. so they get up and sing that song, and they could have they sang it normal, and I would love it. But when they broke out into all four parts, I just closed my eyes, and I sat back, and I thought, man, if this is what heaven's going to sound like, yeah. I'm, I'm about it. I'm about it. I want to clarify because absolutely without in no means, form, or fashion disrespect people who have uh, held the, the the fabric together of this church and been here and laid that footwork, uh, I would never disrespect them in, in the fact that, you know what, they poured their heart into it and was honest. But if you've never been to a choir practice at Watson's Chapel, uh, I'll tell you what our our worship leader will demand of us. He'll demand of us to do our best because God deserves it. And I think that if we can improve, we should improve. Yeah, and another thing, too, to add to that and is, and Ty can talk about this a little more, too. I'd love to hear it. But, like, he doesn't challenge, he doesn't tell us, you know, mostly, hey, you know, make sure you sing better. Make sure you do this. He's saying, make sure your hearts are right before That's you it. get That's up right. here. Yeah. That's right. So, I mean, Ty, for you to challenge, and you do challenge us in that. When we come together as a worship group, the band, the choir, you, how important is it that our hearts are individually right and set on the Lord? Well, it's very important because if you have, when you're all in the same mind in one, I mean, it's just, there's a difference and it just comes together. It's just, yeah. I mean, y'all, we know it, and we just, because we, we go here, and we just kind of know it, but it, it makes a huge difference, and God just moves in those ways when you're all in one accord like that. When you when you have to make corrections, and, and, and again, if you've never been to a, a choir practice, please come. We, 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 we yes, would love, we'd love to have we'd you. We'd love to have you. But when corrections need to be made, and I've got my feelings on my sleeve, 
it's it's not easy to do and Ty does a wonderful job of orchestrating all of that and instructing and teaching and coaching and helping folks understand that you know what I'm not up here putting on a, a concert I'm not up here trying to entertain the congregation we've got an audience of one and I've heard him say that before <laughs> we're singing to God that's all we're singing to we want to impress nobody but him Absolutely. So we've got about 25 minutes left. So I, I'm going to let's go ahead and move to this one question, because this one question is just going to open the door for a lot of conversation. And Ty, I'd love to start with you and then let's let's bounce to Josh, because I, I know Josh will be fired up to talk about this, too. So when we think about worship, I think we need to get straight to the midi gritty, the base, the foundation of what is worship worship how is worship i mean what is it when we think about it well worship to me is god-centered anything that it's not god-centered then it's it shouldn't be worship i mean i feel like that he needs to be the main person that is um in control of what we're doing we're we're worshiping him for what he has done for us and give us life and um saved our souls from a living hell and i mean why not worship him? i would want to worship uh our god our one true god yeah so so here's the king david when he was there his wife came out and says look what you're doing you are the king he was out there on his rooftop worshiping god in the rawest state he could be mm-hmm. in that's where it is for us we have to find that place of worship where we are truly giving it all to God. Right. And that's the one thing that's so like, you know, we can worship in prayer. We can worship in song. We can worship in reading scripture. You know, I, Hunter made mention of uh, singing the scripture and lyrics. There was a guy that I spoke to a couple of weeks ago and he asked me, he's like, have you ever prayed a prayer all in scripture? And I was like, mm, I don't think I have. You know, he's like, you ought to try that one time yeah. just to see. And just in that quiet time with God, just in that reverence to him of just reading the scripture that he's given us, that's the word of God. He's given us just reading mm-hmm. it to him in that quiet time, in the focus time of prayer. It uh, it changed the way I viewed it viewed my prayer you know that you know because i know we have just like we have worship we have different states of prayer but it all goes back to our heart and where That's our heart exactly is right. and, and when if we're coming with that pureness you know that truly seeking him even in even in the times of correction you know when we're coming in that repentance state it's got to be with purity mm-hmm. because if not i mean we're, we're, we're just making a mess of it on yeah. ourselves. so and I, you know, the song we sang this morning, you know, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. Yeah. And, and so when I when I think about worship, I just have this, you know, uh, this picture in my mind. I, I mean, maybe it's just from reading about Israel in the times that they were really faithful to the Lord mm-hmm. and to God of just people, tons of them bowing before a God that they're unworthy to stand before. Mm-hmm. And so for me, which I, I get emotional when I think about it, because um, when we worship and we sing songs, I really find myself as the uh, the publican. You know, my oh, head's yeah. down and I'm beating on my chest. Yeah, wretched yes, sinners yes. that yeah, I, I am. I can relate to that yes. a lot. Because when we, when we, we've got that uh, special place in it, that we're at, 
I could be there could be two thousand people sitting out there and I wouldn't know it. I don't because right. right. I'm not. And that's the way it should be. And it, yeah, you know yes. what I'm saying. And it's not about me drawing attention to myself. Yeah, because right. I wouldn't. And I, I'm kind of sensitive about this topic, guys, because if you've never been in a worship service with me, sometimes I get a little out of yeah control in my nah. own type. Well, maybe, <laughs> but, but I would never, guys. If if any of you out there are listening that don't know who I am, I would never try anything to draw attention to myself. It's a fact that man, a lot. There's just something about where I'm at right now, and something in that song, or something that's said. Or maybe I'm. Maybe we're singing something else, and I see somebody in the back yes. raise their hand, Dude, and that, I see the the spirit of God rest on them. That moves me. It, yeah. it helps. It, it just it puts me in a position to where I don't care who's listening. Right. I don't care who's right. watching. Yeah. I don't care that it's documented on the internet. That any you know what I'm saying? I don't care. I don't because here's because what your I heart is there. I'm standing in the presence of a living God. Yes, yes. And, and I would be nothing yeah. without Him. Yeah. And something about that moves me to where I want to show my appreciation for his goodness. Yeah. And, and I feel like, um, and this is what I've always instilled in the choir, when we're learning a song, you don't just sing the words. Sometimes we can look over the words because we're thinking of the technical part of it. Yeah. But you really have to put those words, you know, into your heart when you're singing them. Because when, when you're singing them, and that's why I'm, I'm not a big fan of having words on the wall just because sometimes you lose that part of it because you're, you're not thinking, you're focusing on the words on the wall instead of really thinking about what the song is about. And you can lose that technical part of it. So, I mean, but that's one reason why that, like one of these, just I was thinking of the words of the song, and this one just came to mind, the song that Hunter sings, You Are Holy. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, boy. That song, and I just had to look up this scripture because you put it in your mind. When you're singing that song, I just sit and think about what it would have been like to be in during that. Because, yeah. I mean, that's the way God wants us to worship Him. Mm-hmm. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up. And the train of His robe filled the temple. Can you just imagine yeah. what that would be like? And above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings with two He covered his faith with two. He covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another, Holy, holy, holy. holy. It's the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Yeah. He realized two things. God's holy, and I'm not. Yes. And just that scripture alone. I got unclean lips. Yep. That's right. And it says right there, it says, Woe is me. And he was talking, that's what Pastor talked about. Woe. Yeah. And this morning, woe is me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips. Absolutely. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Yeah, he's holy, and I'm not. Yes. That's right. And I mean, this song, I mean, that pretty much the scripture sums up you know when you're worshiping him you're worshiping him in spirit and mm-hmm. and in truth yeah and you know we shouldn't be focused on anything else but him yeah, absolutely. absolutely that's exactly and, right and i think uh you know and when we sing in the choir you know i'm a big i try not to let other people's emotions in the moment control mine but i'm telling you it's like alan said when you see when you see somebody you know that's just struggling a single mom, somebody that's addicted to something, yeah. somebody who yeah. just doesn't have, and they stand up in the midst of the church while everybody's sitting down, and they raise their hands, and they just start singing like nobody's around them. 
I get so emotional because that impacts me Mm -hmm. to see that they're in that place and they're at that time of life is hard. All of these things are going on, but I don't care right now. Yeah. Yeah. And and I understand that, you know, when, when you're in a position of leadership, there are times in worship where I feel like you do have to be alert to what others are doing. Like, you know, there are some services where people are going to the altar and I am worshiping, but I'm in a high sensitive alert mode. And I'm because if students come up, I want to make sure I can be there for him. And I do worship and I do, but there are times in position. And I don't think a lot of people notice that that's going on. They shouldn't have to like the church and the congregation should be able to just worship in spirit and truth and the freedom of the spirit. Let the leadership worry about the people that are moving and things. Ab- that, Cause that's what we're called to do. Absolutely. Is, go ahead. When you're in a, when you're in a worship service, when uh, God's just really making himself evident. Yeah. Uh, there needs to be people that are on a higher sense of alert, discerning mode. what is going discerning. on. Maybe this person here needs salvation. We know, we know this. Yes. One, we know this one's sick, or they've got some kind of treatments going on right now, and they need some support on that. So, yes, I, I agree with you 100. percent There needs to be somebody yeah. on that. Well, it's like the football team. Yep. We talked about this. Josh brought up the sports analogy last week. While the play and all the game and the stuffs going on, everybody has different roles, and so you know, for Ty, he should be worrying about the worship and what's going mm-hmm. on. But then you have ministers, right, that we always – a lot of us sit in the front rows and towards the front that we're worshiping and we're we're going and we're doing – but there's this sense of, you know, I, I look around and I'm sensitive to what's going on. I mean, it's like this morning, um, you know, past towards the end of the service, you know, he pointed a direction while he was in the pulpit. And at first it didn't click with me, but then he did it again and I look and someone went up to pray as he's trying to end the service and – we need to, you know, they need to pray. They need that moment. It's still, God's still working on people. They're responding. And so there is a sense of while everything's going on, everybody plays a different role. It does, right. Now, like used to when I first started ministry, I didn't really consider others, right? I was just in the moment of like, I want, I want to be in this, you know, and, and I'm very, um, I love to worship within my, my spirit, like within myself. I love to close my eyes and just zone out. But also, I'm one of those guys that Alan was talking. I get very overwhelmed, and I, I become vocal because I can't help but shout praise unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not for attention. It's not for anything else. It's like at the revival we were at Friday night. Josh sat beside me. I couldn't stop because the man, I mean, the music and, and the preacher's up there. And I mean, one of the most powerful messages I ever heard, like we heard this morning. And I can't help but say Yes, that is good. That is true. Amen to that. You know, all those things because there's just something going on within me and with everyone else that we're just stirred. And that's what the Spirit does is He stirs us. So when we talk about, you know, the worship, yes, there is a sense of, man, it's just us. It's just the moment. There are people called to, you know, to be alert. Um, now, now, Ty, here's a question, and you'll be able to really answer this. Um so, you know, on a Sunday morning, for you, how, how important is sensitivity to what's you going on to, in the yes, service? You have to be very sensitive. And um, God's timing is everything. So, I mean, when you're um, – if some if, if they're moving and people are coming to the altar, you know, that's one thing that you, you do have to have in a discernment of when that – but then, then again, you know, you may have a time where nobody's coming, but God's impressing you to keep going. Yeah. Or God impressed me to call up Pastor Jason for a few minutes. 
but you don't feel like the choir needs to go down because that's going to be an interruption. Yeah. If that makes sense. Because you can you can mess it up. And I've messed it up before, so I'm not saying that I, I'm Yeah, I'm we're not perfect. Not, it no, happens. We're not perfect. So there have been times I think that I've probably ended too early or may have went too long or something like that. But you do have to have that um, discernment of when the, um, how you're supposed to go forward. If you're yeah, but there there's times where you just feel you know God is moving in powerful ways. There may not be anybody at the altar, but you know God has just got that. You need to just keep going just a, a little bit longer. But He's and and God has moved in services like this. I mean that you. You know these types of things, and you know it's it's hard, and it's that's one thing you know. I feel um, I've been in churches where they have they've sung it to death, where you just kind of mm-hmm. they lost it. They've sang way too many songs. They should have been down a long time ago, you know. And you do have to be careful, and you really have to. Um, that's where I feel like your your relationship with the Lord has to be. You need to have that correct priority. I mean, you have priority before you even get up to do any of that. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and, and I mean, and there are two. Like, I remember one time you, you sang, uh, we had a church service, and that song about the alabaster box, mm-hmm. you were just like, the Lord's led me to sing this, and I, it's really been on my heart. And all of a sudden, you sing it, and it's not because of anything you've done, but the words on that song just moved everyone. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, to a place of obedience not because of you but because the spirit of the lord and the song that was going on about this woman and how she brought her alabaster box before yeah. oh well, gosh everybody judging her wasn't they dude yeah. and that's all she had and yeah. i mean that just brought us to a place and i'll be honest for me that night was like yeah what am i bringing before the lord and is it all that i had am i am i doing it in righteousness am i doing just it imagine a, sitting at his feet and being able to pour that on his feet yeah. mm-hmm. or that song you know, that just macing them sing you know i uh Oh, what was it? Macy sings it all the time, talking about laying back. I lay back against you oh, and breathe. Fill you. your heart beat. And I, when I hear people sing that, um, especially people that you know that live it, which that's a big thing. You know, we we talked about that after the revival Friday night of just people that live it. So when they sing it, you know what they're mm-hmm. singing it yeah. is their life. Um, it, it moves me because one. I have an opportunity to be ministered to somebody through the power of song and through praise. And I'm a, I become a little baby in a lot of our church services because I just can't help. But this song reminds me of where I am and where he is. And that's one thing I love about this church is we're based on biblical foundational beliefs, whether it's our music yeah. or our preaching, mm-hmm. because that's what we're called to do. So, Ty, with that being in mind, and I know you're going to read a scripture, and I'd love to hear this. When it comes to song selection, you, you people sing you songs all the time, right? Right. So yes. how, how do you filter through that as a worship leader? Well, first of all, I pray about, you know, what, what songs God wants. And I always have a list of songs that we, you know, new songs that we learn. Um, but you also have to pray about where they come from. Um they may sound good to some people, but if you don't know the background or whatever, yeah. uh, you really have to search that out as well just to see if they're biblical, if the church they're coming from is biblical, or, you know, what what have you. So, I mean, um, there's a lot that goes into to play. You don't Sometimes you just think about just getting a song to sing, you know, um, and sometimes God does that. He'll place a song just, and I, and I want to do it in a quick hurry, so we'll just we'll sing it on Sunday night maybe just, or I'll yeah. do it in practice, and we'll sing it. Um, there are those, but most of the time it, it goes, um, a lot of prayer goes over these songs before 
we sing them. And it's not just where I just pick a song and we yeah, just sing it. Absolutely. Um, it's just one of those things. But I, th- just that song that you had said, and I've, the scripture I always just love it. It's from J- Jeremiah 29. I mean, most people are familiar with this um, song. It's 29:13, And you will seek me and find me when you search me with all your heart. So, I mean, that song just pretty much the more I seek you. You know, the more we do seek him and yep. seek his face and his will for our lives, um, the more we are going to find him and the more that he uh, opens doors in our lives and moves in ways that we yeah. can't even imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and this kind of transitions into this little last segment because we got about 10 minutes left. But it's funny, too, because we learn a lot about music here through the songs we sing. And it's cool, too, because, like, I'll find myself at a service or, like, studying throughout the week, and I'll read something and I'm like, oh, that's cool. That, that's a song we sing here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, even like uh, I think this last Wednesday night, uh, Pastor, Pastor Jeff came and preached to the youth. And he talked about Joe. And he read, My Redeemer Lives. And I thought, yeah. oh, I know. my That song that we've sang here and we hear on the radio. So it's cool because we're being taught things about music. And then all of a sudden during the week, it's like, oh, I, I know this song and this stuff. But, Ty, you were talking about researching where songs come from and this will be a great note it'll probably take 10 minutes honestly or 15 minutes but when you see music being produced by somewhere that's not biblical a lot of people just hear music and they're just like oh this is a good song and there's nothing wrong with that i mean there's great songs that i think people can redeem Mm -hmm. but ty can can people mislead the christians can they through music they absolutely can i mean i feel like you know um, we have a lot of people today in this world, I feel like, that they're following certain things. And, um, you know, people write music, and, of course, when you have to have it copyrighted. So when you have a song copyrighted and then they sing it in the radio, then, yes, you're going to make money off of those. That's just, I mean, that's just thing. And we have, yeah. you know, that's just part of the thing. We have to, our songs, a CCLI license, that any song that we sing has to be turned in. So, um, but if you don't know the background of where these things are coming from, you real, I mean, even though the the words might be strictly from the Bible, mm-hmm. but what are these people teaching, and how are we? Um, should we follow them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should we? Um, because when we do sing them on Sunday morning, we we put them in there, so we're supporting. Does Absolutely. that make sense? We're Absolutely. we're supporting them in what they are singing. Yeah. I mean, it's not the song could be absolutely beautiful. The words, stri- just like I said, words strictly from this. But if the church is not biblical and where they're coming from and how they're basing their a doctrine off of, then, um, then we're just as wrong as they are. And that right. support Absolutely. that you talk that, that talks about uh, the support system that comes through worship uh, directly. Let's let's talk about. We get up on Sunday, we sing a song, and how how many times? I hope I'm not the only one. But how many times? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we got finished all the way setting up. I, I'm singing the invitation song in my head. Does that song minister to us throughout the week and uh, helps us through, uh, maybe we're going through a hard time, we uh, just have our mind go back to a song that could minister to us, you mm-hmm. know, even when we're not in uh, the house of God, or we can hum, or we can whistle, or we can we even have to say the words, and God can use that to affect somebody's yeah. life that's listening or overhears us. So uh, what we support does matter, and, and I, I'm, I'm thankful for Ty, the fact that he does uh, scrutinize and, and go through our music and make sure that it's all... And he listens yeah, to the songs that are sent to him. 
And, yeah, and and I'm not saying I've always been correct on this because I haven't always because I've sang some songs that come from places that and didn't realize it because I've not you know looked at the background of where they mm-hmm. come from. I know the words were just powerful and good and yeah. Um, so yes, we can make a mistake, but I do feel like you need to research anytime mm-hmm. that you're starting to look, especially if they're church related. You know, um, because we have a lot out there now where a lot of these songs are coming from, they're coming from a church. It's based out of a church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it used to not be that way, but as time has come through, so you can be a follower if you're singing these songs. So you just really have to be careful. And it, it's a shame that we have to do that. Yeah. It really is. But um, people, um, it's just where they, doctrinally, they don't have a clue. They're speaking falsely about, I mean, just... Yeah. It can be a bunch of different things, but you really have and trust me, if if you you just put one of these say your favorite song that you have out right now that's um you just look it up and then just Google that and the place where it comes from and just say doctrine or something like that and you you'll get a pretty good picture of about what they believe and whether or not, you know, it's Yeah. So with what you're saying and I I'm gonna set you three up because Ties our worship leaders. We talk. Josh is one of our preachers here in the church, and he's very involved in our ministry. Alan's been a deacon here, and he's very involved with teaching, with the podcasts in various ways. And so you three guys who are involved in this church in position, um, I want to set you all up for this. Um, So, like, for example, when we have music that's from Bethel Church, Mm -hmm. and some of you are going to hear this, and if you disagree with me, go look it up yourself. But, you know, Bethel Church, their pastor, Bill Johnson, uh, he's very undoctrinal, very unbiblical. I mean, when you look at Bethel, the supernatural school that their college and they teach, their doctrine is you can get drunk in the Holy Spirit and laugh like a dog, and that's experiencing Jesus. We're not taught that anywhere. And, and I mean, if that's what they're preaching in the church, if that's what they're teaching in the church— um, and I, I can, if you have questions about this, you go to the church, come talk to me because I can show you evidence of mm-hmm. these things that I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm not just going to throw something random out. I've studied this and I've yeah. researched this. So for you three guys, when we have, there's a church out there that their music, they put out music all the time. And I'm not saying every song they put out is terrible. Right. I'm not saying everything that their worship leaders sing is awful. But when you look at past the song to the doctrine they stands on, now, here we are at Watson's Chapel, and we know that this is music that our people listen to and they love. How, how can that affect? Like, how, how careful do we have to be as a leadership, people who are in positions? But two, how can we help people listen to, you know, what they're listening to and help them get past and look past the music to the doctrine? So how would y'all so, approach that? So I have I have teenage daughters yeah. that love contemporary christian music and they listened to it until it became an issue to one day i was listening to the song they were listening to and i questioned them on it and i says okay i says from now on i want you guys to filter through your songs and they're like well dad it's christian i says is it though because when we can take it and this is the one thing that i love about ty when he gets up there and we sing it it does not exclude jesus it does not exclude the cross it does not exclude the blood but there's a lot of songs out there under a Christian label that mention none of that. It says, you, you saved me. You, which can very easily put in and in any person. 
and these kids are singing it, following it. And to the point to where, like I said, they can very easily slide over into that secular world. Yeah. So we were talking uh, one of the previous episodes for uh, that little leaven that leavens the whole lump and how careful that we have to be for uh, that erosion process not to start because Satan is a a, a masterful tactician Mm -hmm. when it comes to getting his agenda accomplished and it's never a big overwhelming flood Right. It's just a, a little, a little leaven. Yeah. Just an erosive process that starts just a little bit at a time, and slowly over time, he has eroded the doctrinal backbone of our beliefs and worships. Right. And again, uh, uh, probably the oldest person in the in the room, but also understanding with this amount of experience the fact that man i've got a grandchild on the way right. that's that's here and she's growing up and she's developing and man what kind of a church do i want washington's chapel to be when i'm gone when she's raising her children mm-hmm. and the fact that uh, man it does matter it doesn't matter how uh, uh, how we view uh, our songs it doesn't matter how we view and present ourselves because yeah. that uh, uh, backbone of our belief system needs to be intact not only in our in our messages and our sense but also in our worship and and everything that we do needs to be filtered through that gospel mm-hmm. light well for me i feel like you know um i probably have the biggest part of because i'm the one that introduces these songs yeah mo- for mostly so for me to pray over them it's my place to research and if i'm if i'm not looking at what these are it then I'm going to stand account for what I'm teaching each of you all that's in the choir or and the church yeah. as well. So, I mean, uh, we have to look at it that way. And, I mean, it's not, you know, if it's not biblical, um, I will stand in account for what I'm yeah. doing that because I'm leading, I'm a leader in the church. So, I mean, um, you do have to be very careful. And I feel, you know, that's why you really pray over these songs. You do the research if you don't know yeah. where it's coming from. Um, because you definitely want to make sure. And, you know, I was thinking about uh, something. we got about four minutes left. Something MacArthur once said was, like, if you took the music out of every church and you just listened to the doctrine, you would really find out. He wasn't saying take music away. He was just saying that the music's going to be built off the doctrine of the church. And so he was talking about... Beth on a lot of the new movie, that if you took the music away and people actually listened to what was being preached, they wouldn't go there. They wouldn't have thousands of people because it's crazy what they say, but because the music is so enticing, mm-hmm. you know, they keep coming. And I, I think that's just a true statement, anyone who listens mm-hmm. to us, that whether you come here at the chapel or you support Hillsong, Bethel, Elva, any other church out there that makes music, why don't you just pause the song and then go listen to the doctrine and the preaching and the teaching. And I bet that'll help you learn more about why they sing and what they sing for. As for us here at the chapel, you know, we we love our music. We love our—this is some of the most powerful worship I think I've ever been a part of. And I'm being honest. But I know this. I know Ty— that he's built on biblical doctrine. Our pastor's built on biblical doctrine. Our church is built on biblical doctrine. So when we come in and we sing songs, whether wherever they come from, that if Ty 
feels like this is what we need to sing. This is what the Lord's let. Well, it's not really about the artist at that point. Right. It's about the words right. that we are singing as a church mm-hmm. because we know that it's biblical and we know that it's full of truth and it's full of righteousness and it's full of the whole counsel of the gospel. And that, again, just to, before we run out of time, avoids the whole hot button issue of preference because uh, there's been churches all over the county and even in Madisonville, all surrounding us that split right down the middle over preference of oh, right. a, a style of worship. It's not doctrinal. It's preference. I don't like this style or I don't like that style. Uh, so, uh, again, being uh, sensitive to the Holy Spirit and following, that's one thing I'm, I'm thankful for Ty about uh, uh, trusting his judgment and the fact that our worship is not about honoring Ty, it's about honoring God. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it should be God-centered. Exactly Everything right. that we're doing, all of our worship yeah. should be God-centered. Absolutely. So, uh, guys, we've run out of time, and so my first thought is I'd love to do a part two, maybe in the next couple weeks, few weeks of worship, because I, I think there's another issue out there that we should talk about for our listeners, and it the order of worship. Because some places you go to, and it's like, letting cats out of a bag and i mean they're just all over the place but then you come here and and yes there is a sense of i I guess some people would describe it as a charismatic feeling like where we're just exhilarated and excited to worship but we uh, we know the order of, of how things have to stay within order it needs to stay under the leadership and we we just don't go freely nilly and especially which all four of us can attest with ty and my dad that when people come here and they get a little frilly-nilly, there's going to be not a stern judgment or a stern hand or a stern correction. There's going to be something that will be said out of love because here at the chapel we believe in church order, especially in worship. Mm-hmm. So, right. Ty, we'd love for you to come back maybe in a couple, couple few weeks or, or whenever. Sounds good. And Sounds uh, good. we'll talk about that. We can jump more about preference. Uh, we can talk about uh, some other things, but... Uh, yeah, we've ran out of time. We've been about an hour and ten minutes, and that's, I mean, this has been awesome. I hope you listen to this because, for me, my goal today was to talk a little less than I usually do because I talk a lot, and I just wanted to be able to, like, listen to the wisdom in the room about worship and about how the Bible is in worship. So, guys, do you all have anything else? God bless. God bless. Yes. All right, Ty, thank you again. Hey, thank guys, you. listeners, we will see you next time. Peace out. <laughs>